0: This will not make the podcast. Ooh, greatest play in Jacksonville history. Put me on layaway. <laughs> All these guys are very young. I believe in miracles.
1: Man, he's just laying the wood on these <laughs> guys.
0: Ramen noodle night every single night. St. John's County. Just total chaos. Bartram
1: Trail, Bubble to Jacksonville.
0: I need the Biloxi schedule now. I'll just stay here in Jacksonville. Fan love. I don't know what she was thinking. La Roja. Oh no, the VAR again. All right, welcome back for a little Going Into the Weeds podcast, a goods for sporting podcast production. I'm Andrew Duke alongside Trent Young. Trent, my man, coming in from our Jacksonville Shedside studios. How we doing, player? I'm doing great. I know you've been chomping at the bit. You've been certifiably blowing up my phone the last couple days, Trent. These NBA players are flying off the shelves, and I know we want to get into it, man, but what's the level of excitement on all the action?
1: We talked about it on one of the last NBA podcasts we did, how the summer is just easily the most exciting time for the NBA, which is pretty crazy. (laughs) It's not during the regular season or, or really even almost during the postseason. It's, it's right after the, the postseason, and we've seen a lot of commotion, a lot of mix-up and players signing in and, and places that I didn't think they had any interest in, and so a uh, few surprises. Definitely a lot to get into, but, yeah, as far as my excitement level, it is absolutely through the roof.
0: Goodness gracious, he had a lot of dominoes to fall, and, of course, perhaps the biggest dominoes to tumble over Trent. Two of the three big names, I think, discussed in free agency – Best player in the NBA, Kevin Durant, headed for Brooklyn, and he will be joined by his comrades, Kyrie Irving, and DeAndre Jordan, all going on four-year deals. Durant at 164 million, Kyrie 141 million, and Jordan at 40 million. Trant, but This was an interesting one. Everybody's got KD all over the place. At least to me, I feel like Brooklyn was kind of flying under the radar. We thought perhaps Durant staying in our previous podcast, but then as things developed, we saw that he might indeed be on the way out, and we anticipated that he would become some kind of a package deal. We did not necessarily know it would be Kyrie. We did not necessarily be known as Brooklyn, but I think it's not much of a surprise to see Durant linking up. And now as we see things develop, it was really the Kyrie relationship that unlocked this. Evidently, Kyrie was always headed back to Brooklyn, of course, growing up in Jersey. Five-star recruit, Montclair, Kimberly Academy, and later transferring to St. Patrick High School in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Trent, so he said he's been wanting to go back to the area, of course, when he grew up. The Nets were still in Jersey, uh, of course, have since moved to Brooklyn and A franchise that had seemed to be in the pits, what looked like a process that may never have ended, Trent. They have since been able to, I guess you can say, resurrect themselves back from the dead of that deal that they had with the Boston Celtics, of the KD Paul Pierce trade and them just getting cleaned out on draft picks, stars being towards the end of their career and not having much left in them. But Brooklyn, a resurgence this year, some competent management really turned things around, getting into the playoffs, had an NBA All-Star as well. That even Mm -hmm. still sounds funny. D'Angelo Russell, who we'll talk about later, but the Brooklyn Nets still, kind of funny, Trent, that to say that the Nets have an all star on their mitts, finished 42 and 40, but previously going through their three years, all sub 30 wins, hadn't had a winning record back since 13 14 when they went 44 and 38. But a Brooklyn team that, like we said, had been in the pits, now have new life. Like we said, competent management, put them back on the map. So this is a destination now where they created themselves as a target. And that's one thing I want to make sure we reflect as we go to these other teams and these other moves of the destination. The Nets have created themselves as a destination. Kyrie even increased that destination intensity and like we said Durant's relationship with Kyrie has been reported as the difference he was quoted in an article I forget which one it was but he said they were quote more than friends and he's been looking to play with Kyrie since the 2016 Olympic team which of course also featured DeAndre Jordan as we said so a great positive relationship with DeAndre Jordan as well a nice little steal I think Trent a good veteran, the Texas A&M product, will be 31 in August. But this is a guy, he puts in good work. You look at his stat chart, Trent. I mean, since the 13-14 season, he has been a 10-12 to points-per-game guy, and he has been a 12-15 to rebounds-per-game guy. And that has been every season. And you go through his games played, He's playing 70 plus in all these seasons Of course he had the 69 games back in 1819 that was with Dallas and New York and he was switching teams so he ended up getting a total of 69 games so just below that 70 threshold but a guy that's 31 you see he's played the vast majority of all these ball games and being consistent and predictable and sometimes when you're looking for a veteran guy, that that is essentially what you're looking for, is consistent, predictable points, rebounds. And he's even improved on his assist game, Trent. He was averaging less than one assist in 14-15, but every single year he's gone up since then. And even last year with the Knicks, he was averaging three assists per game. Uh, So pretty solid for a big man to see that. But I think this is just a dynamite pull for the Brooklyn Nets, a team that needed a new rebranding, They were a team that made the playoffs, a successful team, like we said, winning record for the first time in a while. Had a face of the franchise, D'Angelo Russell, has been shipped out of town, but they got the three big guns. They've got their big three, Trent, and we'll see a team who has lacked a lot of life, lacked a lot of support. They had the least amount of fans per game on a regular home game basis. But with this transition, they are undoubtedly New York's team for this season, Given the talent and given the spread and given the anticipation, given the buzz around this Trent, what do you think about these series of moves with the backbone of the big three? Durant, Kyrie, Jordan.
1: That is an excellent turnaround for them. They still have Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, who was a very vital part of that uh, rebuild over the last three seasons, as well as Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, those are two players who can play multiple positions and really offer some depth. That goes a long way behind Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Guys who are... In their prime, but definitely getting a little bit older. Obviously, we're going to have KD out for the majority of the next season with that Achilles injury. They ended up trading with the Hawks, Atlanta Hawks, to get Torrey and Prince, which I thought was a phenomenal deal. He's owed only $3.5 million next season. So I think that's just a really good bargain deal for them to have a player who can play Kevin Durant's position. And really, I mean, not a whole lot of drop-off in in the scoring department. I mean, clearly, Kevin Durant's the best scorer in the league. But Torian Prince can really do a lot of the same things that Kevin Durant can. They're kind of Almost built the same way, if you will. Just some really good moves there from the Nets. And really cool seeing Kyrie go back home. Like you said, we definitely were speculating that Kyrie and Kevin Durant would end up together. Strong possibility that it would be the other New York team, the Knicks. But uh, no, they kind of whiffed on that. They didn't even offer Kevin Durant a max deal juke. I can't believe that they would low ball finals MVP, but they did. I don't know if you've seen the video, but uh, there's a video of a fan. He was out taking pictures one day. signing autographs in the street, and there was a fan who asked him, hey, Kevin Durant, when are you going to come to the Knicks? And he said, never. <laughs> and everyone laughed. Really funny, you know, seeing so it was never really in his plans, but cool to see him pair up with Kyrie, though. That's going to be a really big deal in the East, and I think that with LeBron out of the East, I definitely think that they'll be the team to be feared in the East now. That's a really good big three. Talk about DeAndre Jordan. I'm not just trying to talk about Kyrie and Durant, but yeah, DeAndre Jordan, not the greatest free throws Shooter, but definitely can provide some excellent statistics in the blocking, rebounding, and point scoring category. And, like you said, this is a guy who plays 70 games, you know, all the time pretty much. And so he's still fairly young. They got him on a four-year, $40 million deal, and I think that's actually a really, really great signing. He's just a great rim protector, and he's going to really be able to go a long way with Kyrie on those pick and rolls. It's going to be some really fun offense
0: to watch there. DeAndre had a pretty good, to go back to the free throw percentage, 70.5% last year, of course, split between his tenures in both Dallas and New York. Trent, he's on the up and up. It was a yep. 12 percentage point jump from the previous year. But wow! look at his journey, Trent. 2016 17 shooting 48%. 2017 18 shooting 58%. Last year got the bump 70.5, man. And towards the end of the season with the wow. Knicks, the 19 games that he played with them, 77.3% with the Knicks. Ooh. So for whatever reason, man, in New York, he gets tickled the nylon from the old free throw stripe. So. Maybe added Arsenal to his guns in his old age. Maybe stocking up, try to keep that double digit point average intact. Mm -hmm. But this is going to be wild. It'll give the East another big target here. I think this boosters the stats for the Eastern Conference. And we're going to get to it a little later, but this is kind of a rise. Brooklyn now, I think, is going to be competitive with Boston. And that just northeast slash New England region is going to be loaded. Should be a lot of fun to watch between those two teams and another one, as well as a little farther south in Philly. That greater region, Pennsylvania, New York, Massachusetts, New Jersey, whatever you want to call it, the top right corner of these United States Trent how about that on a regular basis you're going to see the rejuvenated Brooklyn Nets Durant Jordan and Kyrie going up against Walker Jason Tatum and Gordon Hayward from Boston mm-hmm. and then those guys going up against Philadelphia Tobias Harris and Orford and Simmons for the 76ers, man. That top half of the Eastern Conference, who's been dogged for probably about the last decade. To be honest, Sands, you know, when LeBron was here and then they had the big three in Miami, basically all non-LeBron teams have kind of been getting dogged in the Eastern Conference. But now we have a competitive rise, maybe not league-wide, definitely not conference-wide, but... There is an elite. It's almost like an oligarchy in the Eastern Conference. They'll have to fight with each other for dominance. Just an unbelievable amount of transactions and big things popping in the game right now.
1: The market has been absolutely all over the place, and a lot of familiar faces we're seeing move around, and so that's definitely what's cool about the NBA is you don't always have players really staying with one team the duration of their career, and so it's exciting to see how it mixes up and changes every summer and how you know we have a brand new look. East and, and with the East and, and with some brand new looks. We talked about DeAndre Jordan. Uh, he's moving on from the New York Knicks. Take the subway and cross town, left them, and I don't blame him for leaving because they have tossed all their money out to a bunch of nobodies, really. I mean, they signed Julius Randle, and that was a great start. But after that, I mean, they, they came out that they didn't offer Kevin Durant the next amount that they could give him, and so then they go and get Julius Randle, which is a good signing I think, personally. Honestly, I think that the New Orleans is going to seriously be remiss for letting him go, but after that, they go and they sign Wayne Ellington, and they sign Bobby Portis, and they signed Taj Gibson. Just a bunch of nobodies, really. That they're kind of giving these not even mid-tier deals, but bottom of the pack enough to make a dent in the salary cap. Bobby Portis is getting two years, thirty-one million dollars. I mean, we just saw DeAndre Jordan signed for four years for forty million, and they gave Taj Gibson two years and twenty million as well. So I don't know. I just scratching my head we, this whole off season. If you've been on any kind of social media, you've seen all of the fan edits of. Kyrie and K D and, and even Zion before the, the draft lottery in the Knicks uniforms and so they go from potentially getting Zion, K D and Kyrie to having none of those guys and getting Julius Randle. So it's a really tough break for them and gonna totally get left behind in this revamped Eastern Conference. There's not gonna really be any hope for them at all to make the playoffs, I don't think. They're they're gonna have to take in the lottery again next year. And there's plenty of players out there that they could have maybe held off on signing like Taj Gibson, Bobby Portis, instead of putting their money up in so many different ways, they could have approached it differently and try to get a few more players, a bigger deal. Somebody like a, a Willie Collie stein who now we're hearing is going to the Golden State Warriors. So it just makes you think, you know, man, I don't know, just some really weird stuff there from the Knicks front office, promising that they were going to go out and get some max players and totally whiffing.
0: That's what I don't get is the narrative of the New York Knicks destination because during the season and for 9 months out of the year the Knicks are a perpetual punchline and everybody's dogging on them 17 and 65 this year 29 and 53 2 years ago 31 and 51 3 years ago 32 and 54 years ago 17 and 65 again back in 2014 2015 Trent, it's a joke, and I don't understand why just because they've got money that they are a destination. There's so many more things. The basketball operations, the head coach, the inconsistencies, James Dolan, a jokester of the highest order, Trent, and just a nightmare. And I don't know if you saw the Matt Barnes quote, but I thought it was great. One of the networks had him on, and he says, Give the Knicks faithful some hope, Dolan. He says, Sell the team. It's the only way that you can inspire hope with the New York Knicks <laughs> fan base. And I I have to support him. Like you said, KD, quote, not worth a max deal. The best player in basketball is not worth a max deal. What a joke. And Trent, let me, let me run through some other factoids that I have lined up here since the year 2000 that they have won a playoff series. They have five, only five, playoff appearances in those 19 seasons, making the playoffs 26.3 percent of the time in the last 19 seasons. 2012-2013 was the last winning season that they've had. Only three winning seasons since the 2000-2001 season, and I would even say that the 12-13 season has an asterisk on it Trent, because that was the 66-game season, and so Uh. a lot of moving parts in that. So the Knicks were kind of able to steal one, but we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But they've had, like we said, two years in the last five seasons that they've had 17 win seasons. They were one of the most horrible teams to watch this year. They couldn't even win the lottery. They didn't get the first or second pick. They ended up with the third, who turns into R.J. Barrett. Which is not a bad pick, but they couldn't even win at being the worst. They're so immune to winning, Trent. Also, kind of going back to the instability of the front office and of the management and even the coaches. You know, there's only been one coach since the 2001 2002 season that's lasted more than two seasons with the NBA Knicks. That's Mark D'Antoni. Only one.
1: That was going to be my guess.
0: (laughs) Only one that's lasted more than two seasons since Van Gundy was there back right around the turn of the century. They've ran off legends in the game and multiple title winning coaches that have tried to come in and help the cause. Isaiah Thomas, run him out of town. Derek Fisher, run him out of town. Patrick Ewing. Yep, Patrick (laughs) Ewing, run him out of town. Phil Jackson run him yeah. out of town I uh, forgot about that. Trent at a certain point you know you gotta catch on man, something's not right here and I can make a lot of money and go there but is it worth it? And in today's game you don't need the big market. you don't have to be in LA. you don't have to be in Miami. You don't have to be in New York. The biggest star, your MVP, is in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Kevin Durant, his rise to power, you know, obviously drafted by Seattle, pretty big market, but Oklahoma City, where he came to be known for the league. An emerging player in Charlotte, North Carolina, which the area of the country dominated by college basketball, Chapel, Hill, and Duke and NC State all right down the road there. Kemba Walker, big time name. Though I think he's kind of flying under radar, but that's, I feel, just because he's a quiet kind of guy. But you don't need the big market anymore, so New York is not a destination with this management. It's a joke. I just don't understand it. Obviously, they swung and missed. The New York Knicks are like, their kids throwing a party, and they try to invite the coolest kid in school. They try to invite Kevin Durant over to the party, and Durant's like, ah! think about it It gets closer and closer yo Kev you still trying to come hang blah 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 he's like ah you know more and more indecisive then all of a sudden hey man I'm gonna go over to Mike's party instead you know I got that going on they're like whatever man we didn't want you anyways invite revoked and it's like KD's not worth the max deal dude best player in basketball what a joke so the Knicks are strange but to their point Trent and perhaps the most troubling and most frustrating part of this whole scenario is you know what we're gonna have, be having this exact same conversation in one season because you see all these <laughs> signings, and it's not a joke. You see all these signings. No, the, i would The Knicks are gonna be bad again. They've got a roster with with no really great players, like you said. Julius Randle's gonna be their headliner, but you've got guys that are throughout the NBA. If they were on other teams, they would be between you know, like I think Randle could be the third best guy. But all the other guys are falling in like that six, seven, eight, nine 7, slot. So you've got good depth there, but there's no really oomph to it. So I don't know if that'll play out well for them. Of course, they've got Dennis Smith Jr. as well. The young guys, uh, R.J. Barrett coming in. But the thing is, on paper, these are all two-year deals. 25-year-old Alfred Payton, 24-year-old Bobby Protis, 28-year-old Reggie Woodlick, 34-year-old Taj Gibson, Wayne Ellington also in the mix, young Julius Randle. These are all, well, Julius Randle's the exception because he's got the. Yeah, he's 24. Yeah, he's the 24 year old and he's got the three year deal. 63 million. Yeah, in total for 63 mil. All these other guys, they're two year contracts, Trent, but they've all got one year team options. So if the Knicks are like, hey, man, we got another free agent, looks like we're going to lure him in. They can literally cut all these guys out. Peyton, Portis, Bullock, Gibson, Ellington can all be gone by this time next year because they've all got team options. So, yes, they're overpaid. That's what New York has to do now to get people into town. So they're like, whoop, we struck on Kyrie and KD. Let's get some guys in here. One-year rental. And it's like James Dolan really loves kind of the blockbuster system, which we know how that worked out for the the video company. The rest of the league is on Netflix and Amazon Prime, and James Dolan is is still trying to uh, go to blockbuster to get his uh, moving watching needs fulfilled Trent, He does the same kind of thing here. These will all be potentially one-year rentals depending on how they go. Maybe some of them will stay, maybe some of them not. But except for Randall, those other five guys all up to the Knicks decide what to do so they can cut ties and looking forward your 2020 free agents Trent that they will probably be making it a run at Gordon Hayward your boy DeMar DeRozan Andre Drummond all up for the 2020 cycle and then you go a step further they could do the one-year rental scenario again if none of those guys work out the 2021 class massive Giannis Blake Griffin Paul George, and what will be a 38-year-old LeBron James will be on the free agent market, Trent, and I can almost see it now. If LeBron's just looking for some cash at the end of the career, I could see a 38-year-old LeBron James going to a nightmare scenario in New York. That would be hilarious. I don't think it'll happen, though, but... That would be very funny. But yeah, that's my Nick's bit uh, to the response <laughs> of your roasting. So partially it's good on their part. It's actually kind of a compliment. It's like, hey, we can be back in the conversation. But I mean, they're a joke when it's all said and done. So do you really want to be in that conversation? And like you said, all these players were involved in Nick talks. And allegedly the Kevin Durant decision wasn't that easy in quotes. So sources of trying to be making it clear, but... You know, was the Knicks actually going to happen? And the way they've struck out and struck out and struck out time after time, it really makes you wonder of what they're actually expecting and what they're actually capable of. And at least to me, until Dolan's out of the picture or they he really surrenders power and took some competent leadership that knows what they're doing, I think they're stuck in this frivolous cycle. Or maybe they hit the lottery with a couple of those draft picks they got from the Mavericks or elsewhere. If they continue to make wheelings and dealings But at least to me, Peyton Borders, Bullock, Gibson, Ellington, Randall, even with R.J. Barrett, Dennis Smith, and Kevin Knox, the guy from Kentucky.
1: Oh, okay, yeah.
0: These young guns. But, yeah, until that changes, Trent, I think they're going to be in a frivolous blockbuster library book rental scenario until further notice. But, yeah, your Knicks, I like referring to them as your Knicks. And just looking at this bar graph just as an aside of – margin of victory throughout the season and it is hilarious of this past year of the number of green bars of victories and how much they won by compared to the red bars which is how much they've lost to and goodness gracious dude they have had a furious amount of just certified blowouts we're talking like games that are 25 plus miami Golden State, Orlando, waxed them by almost 30. Oklahoma no City, 25. Big one to Philly. It's almost like every couple of weeks, they're getting blasted by 20, 25 points. This is a regular thing, and they just got drilled this year. Utah smashed them by almost 35. Going to the new year, nothing's changed. Golden State smashes them in January. Dallas beat him up by 24 in January. Oklahoma City beat him up pretty bad. Go into March, stomped on by the Clippers, stomped on <laughs> that, by the Spurs. Yeah, <laughs> everybody's getting in this action, man. Toronto. They
1: beat? <laughs> the, the 17 wins, who the heck did that come again?
0: Yeah, Toronto beat him by 36. Utah, and some of these are home games, man. Like They're getting pissed on mm, in their own God, arena. Me. Denver piling on. Toronto again down the stretch. Houston by 24. Detroit, they're piling on by 26 in April, just before taxes are due, Trent. And this is just a uh, sad looking result. The Knicks beat Atlanta. To start the season, and <laughs> they were one and zero. The only other time that they had a winning record was when they were one and zero, and it was all downhill from there, man.
1: Really formidable season on their part, and they're not doing a single thing this offseason to to really improve that. I mean, I guess you could say Julius Randall, but like you said, a, a very best be the third or fourth best player on most NBA rosters, so. To make him the center point of your franchise, they have R.J. Barrett, too, but you're like those guys are just going to get fed to the wolves. There's... <laughs> They're not going to have any other, like, shelter. It's just going to be those two players getting the hammer dropped on them every game. So it's going to be rough tough sled in there for the Knicks. Like you said, until dolan has gone, it's going to be extremely rough for them to ever get anything going there. I mean, it doesn't matter what coach they have in there. You said they had Jackson, D'Antoni. Yeah, they can't keep anyone there because, I mean, who would want that job and who can be successful there with that front (laughs) office? It's just... It's horrible that they're not utilizing their draft pick. And then we'll see what happens next year. They got rid of Porzingis, which I guess is kind of a big deal. But, you know, you get rid of Porzingis and, you know, you let him walk so you don't have to resign him to a max deal and then you don't sign anyone to a max deal. It's just really, really embarrassing. I can't
0: believe that they're even... A franchise. Remember we talked about how we had heard some rumors that Kristaps was going to go back to Europe and play in the Latvian League, uh, where he was from. And the more we see the Knicks in the Dolan era, if you will... The more we see them, the more it makes sense. Like, if I was Porzingis, I would rather play in Latvia than play for the Knicks. You guys have nine days to trade me, um, or I'm out of here. We're talking Europe. At least they got something out of it, so kind of good on them. Maybe they'll get win the lottery with these draft picks coming up that they were able to get from the Mavericks. But is, in the truest sense, a fire inside of a dumpster? So there we have it. Good, the bad, and the ugly. Or should I say the good, the bad, and the New York Knicks as we (laughs) round up our New York free agent talk. That'll be all for our bit here. Come back. We've got more free agent talk. We're going to hit the rest of the country. We swear not just a Northeast kind of thing here on Going Into the Weeds podcast. It goes for sporting podcast production with Andrew Jupe and Trent Young. Come right on back. There's so much more to come.